0: it's quite interesting to just learn a little bit about um, some of the people in our church who um, have a role uh, in teaching. But what sort of teacher was Jesus? That's what we're really looking at today. What sort of teacher was Jesus? Let's see what people said about him and what sort of teacher they thought he was. They said he had amazing wisdom Coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get his wisdom and these miraculous powers? He had amazing authority.
1: When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority – and not as their teachers of the law.
0: Jesus said the authority he has comes from God.
1: Don't you believe I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work.
0: Many were amazed at the way Jesus spoke Once, when officers were sent to arrest him, they returned empty-handed, exclaiming, No one ever spoke the way this man does. Nicodemus confirms Jesus as teacher by calling him rabbi. But he also confirms he is a teacher who comes from God. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God.
1: So I can remember back to when I was 15, 16, and I just couldn't get physics. Could anyone else not get physics at school? Yeah, thank you, I'm not alone. I just couldn't get physics And I was doing physics uh, O-level, which, that's old speak for um, GCSE. And, um, yes, I was struggling with physics. And then Mr Smith came along, and he, he looked like a teddy boy. His hair was all slicked back. But Mr Smith knew how to talk about viscosity and Newton's laws of motion. And suddenly, physics came alive. And I got a B in my physics, which I was very excited about. He was a good teacher. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> wasn't seeking applause, but there we are. It was his teaching which made the difference to me. Now, all of us will have teachers. Some you'll choose. Like if you want to learn the guitar or the flute, you might choose your teacher. Other teachers you don't have any choice over. But they will help you learn and understand. Now, most people, I think probably fair to say today and at the time of Jesus, would say that Jesus was a good teacher. I think that's not very controversial because he was a good instructor. He was a good leader. He was a good teacher. But he's more than a good teacher. He's more than a good teacher, much more. And you'll see there the verse we had at the beginning that the boys found in John. Just have a look at that. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. So the Lord Jesus isn't just a good teacher. He's also Lord, ruler, owner, one of authority. So his words are the most important for us to hear. Well, why? Why are they the most important for us to hear? Well, let's listen to what Simon Peter said. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You'll find this in John chapter 6. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. You have the words of eternal life. Good teacher, Lord. And Jesus, in John 14, also says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, the things I say to do. If you love me, you'll obey me. And listen to this, my Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. It says that in John 14. And this was at the point just before Jesus was betrayed and he's talking about the love of God and saying, listen to my words, obey them and we'll come and live with you. What a beautiful picture that was that he painted and it's true. So Jesus is a teacher. See, it's about love. It's not just about learning. It's about the heart. It's not just about the mind. And we, sometimes we take things for granted. I know I do. But we're in a very privileged position because We've got the Bible, which tells us all the things that were written down that Jesus said. He said a lot of other things. The Bible says that itself. He said so much that if you wrote it down, you'd fill all the books that were there in the world, possibly. More and more. So he's saying here that it's a precious thing for us to have the Word of God. And it says in Matthew... Truly, i tell you, Jesus said, many prophets and righteous people, so a lot of other people, long to see what you see, to see the Lord Jesus there, the Son of God. But they didn't see it. And they wanted to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. So we do, don't we? We have the words, we have that privilege, and many others wanted to. So the challenge this morning, the encouragement for you, is don't miss the opportunity. So let's look at this... um, parable, the parable of the soul that was beautifully acted out, that will stay in your minds and that's a good thing so the parable, it's about the heart in verse 19 if you've got that open in front of you it's about the heart and the heart is like soil where a seed is sown so take a look at your heart and what does it make of Jesus and his teaching? Is it like a path? And on the picture there you can see, top left-hand corner, a hard, trodden path, impenetrable, unprepared. Does Jesus' teaching stay outside like a seed on the top of a dry path? You don't take it in, and before long, snatched away. Nothing grows now if that describes your heart this morning maybe pray to God and say Lord soften my heart our heart is like soil where a seed is sown what does it make of Jesus and his teaching is it like rocky ground so we hear it we hear the word we find it quite interesting but we don't really think it through that much we respond perhaps quite quickly quite hastily and the roots, they don't go down very deep. It's like you've got rocky ground with some soil on the top that gives the impression that it's deep and it's good soil, but actually there's rocks there. It doesn't go very deep. And it's quite superficial. And it starts to grow, but it's got no depth. So if that describes your heart, maybe take it more seriously. Maybe read everything that Jesus said and see what you make of him as a good, good teacher and as Lord. So your your heart might be like a path, all hard and the seed sits on the top, soften my heart, Lord, if that's me. It might be like rocky ground, that we take things in, we're all enthusiastic, but actually not deep roots, take it more seriously, perhaps. Or maybe your heart feels like it's thorny ground. You've taken it in, it's got some root, but the cares of this world, they come in and they challenge it and they choke it whether it's worry about things, whether it's actually you're trying to do well for yourself in the world, you're putting your confidence and your expectation in worldly things that seem perhaps more important to you. Well, this strangles the life out of the plant, Jesus said. So if that describes your heart, maybe get your priorities straight. Maybe look at your priorities. What's most important? The heart is like soil or maybe you're here this morning and you think actually it feels like my heart is good soil and you might straight away go I thank God for that because he's the one that's worked it such that when a seed lands on it it will grow it's not just about us is it it's about his work in us good soil we hear it we understand it we realise its importance and we act on it we take it in and what happens? Fruit grows. Now I'll tell you something, this is a really useless fact. If you try and find a photograph on the web of good fruit growing in good soil, please you just let me know? Because I could not find one. I could have found really good pictures of lovely looking soil, I could found lovely pictures of fruit, but I couldn't find anything where you could see both the soil and the fruit. <laughs> That's an irrelevant point, but there we are. It would have been a great picture, wouldn't it? Good soil, good fruit. You can have that in your mind. I found a nice uh, kind of grassy... That, that's sweet corn, actually, there in the bottom right. I'm sure some of you knew that. It's growing. So if your heart is like good soil, what I read from John 14, he comes to us and makes his home with us. Remember, it's about love. It's not just about the mind. It's about the heart, not just the mind. Now, I know some of you... and I'm nearly finished now. Some of you um, have exams... Have had exams, some of you nearly finished your exams. And when you're having a test or an exam, it focuses the mind, doesn't it? Got an exam on Tuesday afternoon, focuses your mind. You think, I've really got to listen carefully, I've got to hear what my teacher says, I've got to read the bits of the book that I was told to read, I need to do all different learning things to help remember. You realise it's important. You follow what your teacher says, knowing that it will have a big effect because you're going to be on your own in the exam room. Well, not literally on your own, but you can't ask anyone for any advice. It's about you and the exam. You need to have done your homework. Well, it's a bit unlike that, actually, with God because God is with us all the time. And the Holy Spirit, Neil said this last Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And when you open the Bible... And you read what Jesus says. The Holy Spirit is the one that says, you know what this means for you, Rob? It means this. And you go, yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense. And that's difficult, but I'm learning. And he doesn't just say, you're off on your own now. Go face the exam on your own. He's our teacher throughout life. And he reminds us of the things that we've read. So if you never read your Bible, then there's kind of no seed landing on any soil. If you read it and you pray then he will apply it to your heart. So like uh, like Peter said, we read from John 6, you have the words of eternal life. We want to believe and to know that Jesus is the Holy One of God and he has the words of eternal life. And this is bigger than any test or exam, it's about life itself, isn't it? So final verse which will come up on the screen is from Colossians 2. And I've taken this from a big piece of narrative. So go and read the context of this. This is verse 3. Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So you'll have many teachers, some you'll choose, some you don't choose. And just by living life, people will try and teach you things, whether you're noticing it or not. But turn your eyes to the one who has a true word in Christ, who has all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And let this take root in our lives. And as we read the words of Jesus in the Bible and learn about him and open our hearts and our minds to him as our teacher, we'll obey him by an act of will. Because he's not just our teacher, he is also our Lord.